The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Nebraska Preps postgame with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. That big voice guy, that means we're live. We are back for another week. Another schedule snafu. Darn that early press conference with <laughs> Rutgers being played on a Friday. I'm actually going to miss yeah, that yeah. game real time. I was, gonna, I was thinking about that earlier today. It's like, oh, it's going to be tough for today. Man. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but I am, I'm much more passionate, I think, about coaching than I am yeah. watching because I can always go back and get the game. Yeah. You can't always do this uh this whole coaching thing yeah and you can influence the result when you're coaching the game versus just having to sit there and watch it happen <laughs> yeah like helpless hey, hey go team <laughs> right how you been man it's a kind of a busy week <laughs> oh yeah we uh got a lot to talk about today don't we yeah winning ugly is a theme right whether regardless of the sports you cover just <laughs> find ways to get w's these days isn't that what it's about it's pretty much uh what it's all weekend long so <laughs> And that's and that's the way that Nebraska basketball is probably going to have to win this year on the men's side too. So it's kind of actually. So these last couple of weeks, speaking of which, I'm actually glad to hear him, Coach Hoiberg, say that out loud. Be because and you know me, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of speaking it into existence. What you want your team to be, subconsciously it kind of creeps in. He he wants them to be defensive minded. Says it may be ugly sometimes. If that's how they have to play, then they'll embrace that. And that's one thing. Hoiberg's pretty good about kind of repeating a message, really. Like, you listen to his press conference. He says a lot of the same stuff. It's really consistent with what he says, what he wants. Um, and that's been the theme throughout this offseason. And it kind of it, it follows along with the, the players that they add to the roster. Um, kind of just the the shift. Uh, and it, I don't know that it was 100% intentional. Like they, they went after some kind of more offensively talented players early on and just couldn't land any of them. So like, all right, these are the guys we've got, and we've got to make it work with these guys, and this is the best way that we can compete with the roster that we have now. Should volleyball be playing a little more aesthetically pleasing, though? <laughs> you, you'd like to, uh, to see that, <laughs> um, but it just seems like they, I mean, with the constant – in and out of different players. You've got young players that are way up and down. It's just hard for them to find consistency on the offensive side. Defensively, they're leading the country in opponent hitting percentage. So Something or nothing that Coach Cook, in a very Coach Cook manner, says, I know Cubic is injured. I just don't know exactly what. Yeah, it's I, – I, He's very good about not paying attention uh, intentionally, I think, not speaking to the trainer so he doesn't have an answer for for those situations. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, uh, even with, like, the uh, Nick Van Haynes, like, we didn't hear, like, the official back injury until uh, last week's presser. Uh, like, he had uh, just kind of been uh, vague about it up until that point and then confirmed, yeah, it is a back issue that she's dealing with. So, um, yeah, that, that was certainly interesting, um, but... Uh, again, I think he was focused on, all right, we've got a match to win. Uh, I know that she's not available. I'll figure out what's going on later. And he doesn't have any problems staying focused, does he? <laughs> no, uh, I think he's probably figured that out over the, the three decades of winning a lot of games that he's done. Yeah, you, you referenced it earlier, a, a ton uh, to talk about. Uh, previously ranked number one, uh, Omaha Westside. 
We, we traveled to North Platte, Jacob. You're worried about those those I, trips out I, west. I was. And and you know what? We got to own it as coaches. We, we have to coach it better. Uh, I think from a mindset standpoint, uh, we've got to tighten it up. It's it's a weird team because you have so many what I call good kids, right? Yes, coach. No coach. Yes, sir. No, sir. And sometimes when you're trying to set the barometer for, a, you know, a style of play, when they receive instruction so well, you have a tendency to, to assume they've got it, right? And, and I think we need to do a better job of, even though you got a lot of good, nice guys, to, to still keep your foot on the gas because they'll give you the appearance that, that everything's going to be okay. And as we found out, uh, North Platte had 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 other fixations. We knew that we were going to be in for a tough night when they won the toss and took the ball. Right, that's the that's the second time that that's happened to us this year. Uh, didn't work out so well for Bellevue West, but it did work out for uh, North Platte. And and I think it was just so many good underappreciated players. I thought Colton Tilford was fantastic. He's really a good player. Uh, plays, plays some wide receivers, some running back for him. They're in that single wing. You know, Caden Jonesen. Uh, Jonasen is a, is just a sophomore at the quarterback spot. Really good player. Uh, Caleb Kincaid is a big senior. Uh, plays D-line for them. They just played really, really hard. And we could we, we just couldn't make plays. You know, we, we were down 14 nothing uh, in typical Westside fashion. Kind of a slow start. We're, we've been a second half team. We battled back to 17-14. They got a ball. They got the ball back uh, with about three minutes to go, and and drove down for the winning score. Uh, I think at, at some point you can talk about what coulda, shoulda, woulda. I think it boiled down to three things. Number one, they played hard. Uh, they played harder than we did, and I think ultimately, I just wish more people realized if you play, especially at the high school level, JP, and you know this. If you're just willing to play hard, that's 85% of it. Yeah, you need a certain baseline of talent, but effort goes a long way. And you can be a very good high school team just by landing on the line. Effort and physicality. Right. And that's what North Platte does. And 21-17 was the final there. You mentioned uh, it's Tristan Alvano gave you guys the lead, 17-14. And uh, North Platte marched down the field and scored with 19 seconds left, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, and Colton Tilford on the game-winning score and, and committed to South Dakota State. Uh, he had monster game, 16 carries for 195 yards and two touchdowns. Brock Robley, they're uh, kind of the more of their power back, 32 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. As a team, they threw the ball three times. They ran it 59 times for 358 yards and three too, scores. Too many snaps. Uh, we we couldn't get off the field on third down. You know, we had a chance for all for as as well as we didn't play. We had a chance to make a play on a game running drive. They had a second second down, and they come out and they run the option. He pitched it right to our outside linebacker Christian Jones. Pit like literally in his hands. He drops it, kind of scrambles for it. It gets kicked. They recover it, and the very next play they get a first down on a pass play, and that was just kind of. Just kind of how it was it was gonna go down, but it's amazing how many times those missed opportunities come back to get yeah, you. Yeah, big time. Like, and that's I was talking about that, like leaning up Nebraska game going uh, up against Indiana. Like, you got an opportunity to get off the field with a pick, whether it's a a, a third and long stop. Like, you got to do it. Yeah. And early on, they they missed a couple opportunities. They had uh, a chance at a pick here or there. Um, it's like 
that's like, those are the plays they need to make. And um, again, it seems like maybe, maybe it's a little bit tough matchup just based on your personnel with how good you are in the back end, even without Caleb. Um, you've got a lot of talented players in the back end, but um, that was a little that, different when you got it as opposed to you're dropping back coverage. You got to defend the run every single set. That was really a game. We needed him. That's that's a that's a Caleb kind of game. Safety's running the alley, uh, tackling out in space, getting downhill in a physical manner. That that was a game in which I felt like we we definitely missed him. And as a matter of fact, we may have to make some, we may have to tinker a little bit uh, with our lineup uh, in terms of what we do at the at the safety spot to give uh, Tyke for some help back there, uh, who's c- coming back from two ACL surgeries and and maybe get. Keenan Cotton in a better spot by moving him back to corner, but we'll, we'll have to get creative a little bit and see what happens. And, and arguably our best defensive player right now, Teddy Rezac may have to move positions, which we don't want to do. <laughs> I was going uh, <laughs> to say, that's the nice thing about having versatile players. Like he's played multiple spots already. You can put him where you need to, but at the same time, you want to be able to put guys in their best positions where uh, you can get the most out of them. So you don't want to, you want to be moving guys from a position of strength, not as a reaction. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't have any, God, no qualms saying he's, he's been our best defensive player. He is uh how he doesn't have uh, a power five offer is, is beyond me right now. He's, he's six, two, he's one eighty. He's going to grow growth plates still open. Uh, he can take on pullers defensively. He can play out in space. We know that he can run. He makes big plays offensively. He is uh, he is a he's a fantastic player up to this point uh, with with a lot of uh, a lot of upside. And, you know, going back to North Platte, I, I think that the disappointing thing about that game is. As a coach, you you always talk to your team about controlling the controllables and North Platte coming off the loss to Kearney um, and didn't really look good doing it. They didn't score until the fourth quarter and. You know, film, film, I felt like the film was misleading because you can't gauge tempo, right, in terms of off the ball and how they come off the ball. And, boy, they – I mean, from a from the jump, JP, they were all over us. And I felt like they they prepared for the moment better than we did. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, someone else who prepared for the moment, uh, 
Zane Flores. Want to move on to that? Yeah. <laughs> the other game. Yeah, number two, <laughs> which was a which was a barn burner. We're so we're getting back on the bus trying to get live feeds yeah. to watch the end of this football game, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, I so I was. I had to stay home and watch Nebraska volleyball on the road. Fortunately, they got that done in three, uh, three sets pretty quickly. So I could shift my focus, but, um, so I, I, I was watching that on my phone. I pulled up, uh, this game on the YouTube feed and had that kind of in the background that I was checking in on, um, got my writing done then flipped over to that and just like focus on that the rest of the game, but just, uh, insane swings in this game. Uh, the final score was Gretna 40 Bellevue West 37. If you hadn't seen, but, um, it was a 14 nothing start at Gretna. Bellevue West scored 37 nothing or 37 unanswered mm. between the the in the, the middle quarters there. Then Gretna in the last six minutes outscored them 26 nothing to win the game. Just one of the craziest things I've ever seen. If if you're Bellevue West, at what point are you concerned about second half collapses and winning close games? Yeah, and we we're talking about before it's like Everything that had to go right for Gretna to win that game, it not only win that game, but win in regulation, uh, happened there. Um, they like one play, Bellevue West needed to make one play and they couldn't quite make it. Mm. Um, I think one of the biggest plays, probably the, the, the game that, or one of the most important plays in the game, obviously, Flores was phenomenal down the stretch, made every, every right throw, but the, the stop on fourth down. They, uh, Gio Contreras, heck of an effort there. He stretched that thing out, pushed as far as he could. Um, Riley Eggenberger held on there just enough, got him down with probably not even a football length that it looked like short uh, of the line to gain on fourth down. WS uh, converts that, that game's over with. Mm. Um, but just the, the, the effort there to make that play, to get him down just before he crossed the line, that sparked the whole kind of finish to the game there. And that's what you're talking about. One more play. Uh, if you get that, you get a conversion there, you, you kind of that. And then the, when they got it back after, um, uh, what they tied it or whatever, um, the, to, to get, to give them the ball back so quickly. Um, I mean, they gave it the, uh, three and out or whatever it was, kicked it back like one fifteen left to go. Yeah. Getting, and then not the block, getting the fourth yeah. and one late too, yeah. I think really so, hurt them. The yeah. Salt clock. So a couple of times there, they had a chance there and not, not only, did they not were they did not have an answer? They they couldn't even run the clock. They had to give gave it right back and gave Gretna time to, to go out there and win the game. So just cre- credit to Gretna on both sides All, of the ball. So I think th- their culture right now with this senior group, and obviously it starts with Flores, but he gets a ton of help from Goldman and and Corver Demma and, and they know how to win football games. It doesn't matter how it looks, how it breaks out. Gretna knows how to win. Throw out some numbers here. 705 combined passing yards between the two teams. 926 yards total. Nearly 1,000 yards of offense mm. and 77 points. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of offense there. And individually, like you look at the quarterbacks, Flores 24 for 40 for 382 yards and three touchdowns and one pick that wasn't really his fault. I thought it was a PI. Um, I thought defender got there early. Uh, and two rushing touchdowns. And Honestly, as I was sitting there, like 37-23, it's like this This is the game where Gretna finally misses Joe Roll because mm-hmm. they were really struggling to to make, uh, to make to convert the passes there for stretches of that game, especially when they needed to. Um, receivers weren't able to hold on, weren't quite able to create enough separation. Uh, Flores was 
um, was kind of a little bit off there for uh, for parts of the game. And then they switched the flip. And again, like he didn't, I don't know if he missed a throw more than one or two throws the rest of the night. Usually when it matters most yeah. is when he plays his best football. It's exactly what he did. Um, so five combined touchdowns there, um, nearly 400 yards of offense from him uh, alone. Are you, uh, you surprised that Kalen doesn't make more plays in crunch time? Yeah, that, that was, um, it was, it was kind of interesting the way that they, uh, again, that you're trying, trying to find the balance. They're trying to run out the clock, but you still got to move the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave it back pretty quickly there. Um, like I said, um, you needed a little bit more there, especially with kind of some of the options there they has available. Um, he was 30 of 50 for 325 yards, three touchdowns and had a rushing touchdown there right before halftime. Um, so he, he was really good for long stretches. Honestly, I thought, the first three quarters. So three and change, like he had out outplayed uh, Flores. And again, then those last six minutes happened and Flores reminded everybody who he is. Um, but he, I, I've been really impressed with the way that Gio Contreras has kind of stepped up. He had a monster game, 110 yards on the ground in a score uh, on 19 carries caught five passes for 95 yards and another touchdown. Uh, so 200 yards from scrimmage for, for their running back there um, who, uh, again, early on, you, that was kind of the question, like who's going to settle another role. He had the injury er, early on and he's had some monster games over the last few weeks. And then Isaiah Mo- McMorris, again, continuing to kind of develop into a se- serious weapon for them. 147 yards on 13 receptions, had a touchdown there and 70 and, yard bomb. And without, without Kyrell, he becomes yeah. a legitimate number one outside the numbers. I don't even know. I've gone back and forth in my head about this between the two, and I get Hall's upside. But at some point, you have to look at McMorris's productivity and and call him that he's probably their legitimate number one. Well, and it's been interesting seeing kind of him, obviously coming over transfer, um, maybe not 100% um, familiar with the system. Mm-hmm. I can see him making some mental mistakes here yeah. and there. And the coach he, he had, had a few against us. Yeah. And, and I, and I, that, it that's, cost him a little bit. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Cause I was, I, I was on their uh, sideline for that game. Um, but you can see the way that he's continuing every week to maybe learn a little bit more. They're finding different ways to use him. Uh, he's a guy that they can run screens for or throw the deep shot. And again, that 70 yard touchdown, just a beautiful throw from Kalen, put it right on the money. Uh, McMorris ran under it and took it all the way home. Um, it's got some serious speed there. Um, so I, I'm in Hall had, had a solid game too. Like, uh, again, like it's nice having kind of the bigger, stronger um, receiver yeah. on one side and then the quick guy they can use in uh, different ways on the other. It's uh, like you said, especially without, with, without Kyle Jordan at, at this point, um, you're going to need both those guys to consistently show up every single game. Uh, let's go to Elkhorn South. Um, just continuing to do what they do, although they've got a tough one coming up this week, maybe, uh, with Grand Island. Never an easy place to play. Tough team to play against. Coach Tomlin, we've lamented on and on and on about how good he is, but uh, t- not tested yet. They're going through a stretch where that schedule has allowed them to maybe kind of catch their breath. And we'll see what happens this week as they go to Grand Island. Yeah, and uh, congrats to Cole Boward, six touchdowns Again, uh, in the first half. Uh, yeah. Finally broke that school record. I know he was close a couple of times, and like they're, it's a blowout, so you're not going to keep playing him just to get the record. Um, so um, I think he had once or twice had five touchdowns, 
um, couldn't quite get there, but finally got that school record with, with six scores uh, against Fremont. Um, and yeah, now, uh, again, like you said, that's, they, they've kind of had a, a little bit lighter stretch these last couple of weeks. Uh, and, and now they're heading uh, out to Grand Island where um, we just saw what Grand Island did this week against Carney, uh, a Carney team who had uh, knocked off WS previously. Yeah. So um, it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher test than we've seen from them since early in the season. Any given Friday. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like, right? Uh, as we go to number four with Omaha North coming off an impressive 64 uh shellacking. Their schedule kind of subsides a little. They've got Grand Island and Elkhorn South looming, but North in a nice little comfort zone having a chance to get guys ready to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> four carries, three touchdowns for Tayshawn Porter. Um, only 57 yards, but they didn't need him. Uh, save, the, save the wear and tear on those legs there. Um, ran for... 258 yards as a uh, as a team seven touchdowns got a lot of different guys involved that's the nice thing about these um, blowouts is you do get a chance to get some younger guys touches get maybe some seniors that have been on the program for a few years chances to play a little bit more than they had previously um shout out uh, congrats to trey brown who committed to, to wayne state yeah trey brown, um, a good player and and then champ davis getting the nebraska offer another another young guy that nebraska is uh, showing interest in yeah and you know what he's a lot of upside He's got got a good frame. He's sturdy. Just a freshman. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I mean, pretty good upside for that North bunch. And, and uh, as as we get to Omaha, Creighton prep, um, just kind of plodding along, right? I mean, do you feel like as has prep kind of been the forgotten team because of that early tough schedule, or do you think they're right there, just kind of landing in the thick of it? Yeah, um, I, I think it. Again, playing three of the top four teams in the first four weeks or whatever it was, and losing all three of those games, it kind of kind of put them on the back burner. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, they missed their their chance. They're they're not that top tier. They're still a good team, but they're they're not where they need to be to kind of be the the true contender at this point. And we'll circle back later in the season, see if they can figure some things out and, and get back to that echelon. Um, and um, they. And especially some of the last few weeks that that, that went over Millard West with a good one, pulling that uh, away in that one. Um, but they continue to, um, I think, you know, still have questions about the quarterback uh, position. Uh, Charmar Brown had a, a light day. Um, <laughs> didn't crack 100 yards uh, finally, but uh, he only ran the ball seven times. So 98 yards and two scores. Uh, they didn't need him. And is there a more consistent uh, deep threat as a running back than Marty Brown has, he had more breakaway touchdowns than anybody in the state. This it se- certainly seems like it. Yeah. yeah. Another 45 yard run in, in this game. He, he constantly finds a way to get loose. I mean, we felt relieved, you know, with the workman, like everything he's 26 for 76 against us. And going into that one, I mean, we were just trying to limit first down runs, yeah. right? Like not give up a first down on a run. Like that's, that's the kind of prowess that he has because eventually he's going to get you. Yeah. So it looks like they're continuing to try to work a uh, sophomore, Tony Coniglio in a little bit at quarterback. Dean Donaldson took the most passes this time. Um, yeah, it was four for nine for uh, 96 yards and a touchdown. Um, uh, Ezra Vedro continues to mix in there with some, some wildcat, uh, some option quarterback stuff. Um, he had another touchdown for them and continues to, to good, come up. Good healthy carry too, right? It rushed for over 30 yards and only four carries just enough 
I think, to keep them honest in that that veer option game. Yeah, and again, he's uh, playing a nice role for them on defense, too, at the linebacker spot. So they're finding ways to keep uh, making him a part of the team. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see kind of what they do moving forward, um, taking this week off. Um, and then we'll see if they can close out the, the season strong. Again, that's I think you feel good about a lot of parts of that team. It's just can they consistently move the ball when teams really sell out against the run? Uh, the best defenses that actually have the, the physical ability to slow down someone like Sharma Brown. I tell you what, how about this team? Just quietly, five and one are the Islanders. Uh, their only loss was to Omaha Westside, which uh, they were never even really in that game. So to see them kind of doing what they're doing, maybe that was just a blip, an anomaly. I guess we'll see when they take on uh, Elkhorn South this week. but. They beat North Platte in a close one. They lost to us. They beat Norfolk, beat Lincoln High, hammered Fremont. And you're thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe the little light yeah. schedule. But then coming off the big win, uh, Carney's big win, and a rivalry, they get the Bearcats 28-21 in a fantastic football game. And uh, Grand Island touchdown late to, to win that one. Um, game no was, love lost uh, between yeah. those two schools. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm sure the atmosphere was fantastic out there. Um, yeah, Gar Grand Island continues to kind of find itself to establish itself, like you said, off to a great start this season. Um, one loss is against Westside, which no shame in that. Um, and that's a good win over Carney team, who again had um, really uh, turned some heads with that uh, that yeah. win against Bellevue they, they, West. They have our full attention on this yeah. week's scouting report. Yeah, and another another tough one for on for them. them. Um, but, and Carney's a team, again, I, I saw them the first week, again, they had one starter coming back, basically a whole new team from last year. You could see they were, uh, trying to figure some things out, uh, I worry about their running game. I, I really liked what I saw from Traven Beckman and he's continued to get better and better Passed for 240 yards and three touchdowns in this one, but Grand Island held Carney to 15 rushing yards yeah, on 10 carries, just, you know, and watching their running game, they'll get you a couple ways outside yeah. zone and kind of sprint option and. There's not a lot to it. We'll see if they can kind of improve upon that. But uh, Grand Island, pretty good at the point of attack. And, and, and how about Cohen Evans? Yeah. He's <laughs> got the great bloodlines, efficient in the passing game, just 7 of 14. But he got the two touchdowns out of it. And, and finds a way to get points on the board. Yeah, Caleb Richardson, workhorse, so over 100 yards on the ground. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a hammer. Jace Christman, 88 yards and a score. Colton Marsh, 56 yards uh, and a touchdown. Um, like they, they had a lot of different guys step up and, and make the plays that they need to do to get that win. Um, and, and now, um, again, that facing Elkhorn South. So here's another chance to kind of build on that win to show like, hey, uh, don't forget about us. This five and one record, this is for real. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. 
It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Uh, and now that the, the team that I feel like I know the least about, even though I, as you know, as our listeners know, pretty intrigued by them before the season started because I like their roster. What do we make of Papiola Vista South? 66, nothing over Omaha South. They just obviously do, I mean, they've had some blowout wins yeah. uh, and then were blown out by Elkhorn yeah, South. Stumbled in their one real chance to show um, that they belong with those top teams. But again, they're five and one. That's the only loss. Uh, Devin Jones, 144 yards and four touchdowns. Kylan oh, Connor, a horse. 121 yards and a touchdown as their their second back there. Uh, it was 22 nothing in the first quarter, 27 nothing in the second. So that thing uh, got got away from the the Packers in a hurry. But um, now they get another chance to show what they can do. They got Gretna on Thursday, and we uh, I'm, I'm sure Gretna. They're, they're going to be pretty beat up coming off that win, but they're also probably going to be feeling good. Like, Hey, we can, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we can win this thing. So that'll be a tough one. And another chance to show that uh, again, they do belong in that top 10 because that back end, uh, that, that eight, nine, 10, 11, like there's been a lot of jumbo in there and it seems like every week it's somebody different. Yeah. And, and as speaking of which, uh, number 10 Millard South making their way back now, continuing the undefeated streak with, Pulls the all back. Makes and, a bit of a difference, doesn't he? Yeah, and now they now they go to Columbus. May not learn a ton there, but I would put Millard South, JP, right there in the teams of teams that I did I don't think I have a good handle yeah. on, even though I do like their roster. They're right there with Papula Vista South in that regard. And uh game winning field goal for Simon McLannan, uh 22-21 over Lincoln East. Um Coziel, 24. 24 for 36 for 260 yards and a touchdown, 15 carries for 93 yards. He basically is their offense right yeah. now. Um, and it was their leading rusher, obviously, obviously leading passer. Um, Lance Rucker, five catches, 52 yards, eight tackles, two sacks. He's kind of making a difference on both sides. And Brock Murtaugh healthy again, nine tackles leading the way for, for them. Um, Jeter Worthley continues to kind of improve and figure things out there as a sophomore star net quarterback for, for Lincoln East. Um, 16 for 22 for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they contained him on the ground. He only had 58 uh, yards uh, on 22 carries, but Dash Bowman had a big game. On I, both I sides like of the him. Ball. I like, I think I we've talked about, yeah, I, I like him. Quite we've a talked bit. about him previously, but seven carries for 44 yards and touchdown, four catches for 80 yards <clears throat> and 15 tackles, including eight solo. So both sides of the ball making a big difference there. And again, he's another guy that um, to keep an eye on moving forward. And Malachi Coleman, eight catches, 45 yards and a touchdown. See, it's, I think they're trying to figure out, continue figuring out ways how, that they can how use they can him. get him the ball. Obviously, last year with all those different wideouts, like he's just a big uh, play threat waiting to happen every single time. It's harder to get those those uh, those deep shots when the entire defense is focused on you. Yeah, and he had the uncharacteristic fumble that yeah. resulted in points too after the catch. And 
Um, I think they're, you're right. Just still trying to figure out how they can use him to be effective in this yeah, offense. Yeah, especially countering the ways that uh, others are choosing to defend him and, and them as a team. So, But that, that is a good win for Millard South. And um, now they, they face Columbus and got a big one coming up in, in a few weeks. Yeah, it's, yeah no look ahead for us. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've got our hands full with, with Carney coming to town. And I'm sure both teams, well, I know we're upset. Uh, I can tell by yesterday's practice and, and the physicality. So that one would be interesting. But Coach Cool, uh, one of the best in the business, will get our best. I think uh, last Class A game we'll mention here, um, the Lincoln game. And we talked about, it's like still trying to figure out who is there. Nobody wants to claim it. Maybe Southwest yeah, does. Though. It, it, yeah, um, Lincoln Southwest, 17-14 win over Southeast. Just when we thought Southeast was figuring things out, they'd gotten on a roll. Um, it was 14-7 at the half. Um, the Knights led as uh, Southwest tied it up in the third, and then um, Silverhawks got that field goal to win it. Cal Newell has had a monster season on the ground uh, and ran the ball 33 times in this one for 124 yards and two touchdowns, caught two passes for 34 yards. Um, and Southeast, uh, they 54 yards rushing on uh, on 35 carries, um, uh, one and a half yards per carry. That's, that's not going to get it done. No. So how about this, though? So they got Lincoln High, they got Lincoln East, they beat Lincoln Southeast. Maybe North Star, but I don't see it in terms of the matchup. So safe to say right now that Southwest is the best team in Lincoln? It, it is. Um, I think at this point, it's just hard to to kind of put that, that putting the Vista loss into perspective. Because we thought, like you look at the, the the record and it's like, okay, that's kind of what we thought for Southwest. We thought they had a chance to be the best team and they beat the other teams. But then you go and lose to um, a team that's not really in, in the top up here in the Metro. Um, so it's like, what happened there is just a one bad uh, night, like what what the situation there is. But I mean, at this point, you have to give them their credit for the games that they have won in, in their overall record. Yeah, jumping down to B, um, the collision course it seems right now for for Bennington and Gross. But I, I got to continue to keep my eye on Scott's Bluff, don't I? So I I was kind of I think looking at this so the way that uh, Class B, I I feel like kind of. You slide into tiers. You've got Bennington, I think, as a clear number one. Okay. I think Gross is a clear number two. I think there's probably a little bit of separation there based on what those two have done, especially against light opponents. But I think those are clear one and two, obviously. They're two undefeated, um, those six and oh. And probably three through eight are interchangeable. Because that's kind of how I look at it. I, I'm looking. I, I think Scottsbluff, Elkhorn, and Waverly, I think that is the third tier. I think that's probably not, where I put it. Those would, don't put Scud in that tier I, yet? Not yet. Um, I, I once saw them uh, against Pius. I, I think they're they're – they're good right there at that number six. They'd be the next team for me. Um, but I, I think what Waverly did against Scottsbluff, what they've done uh, against some of the better teams, they're four and two, um, but I think they've looked better. You, you look at Scott's losses, they got blown out by Elkhorn uh, and um, Bennington. So, and that Elkhorn loss in particular is the one they like, eh, maybe Scott's not quite there. Um, I think they're still trying to get better at the quarterback spot. He's still developing there. Um, does yeah. Waverly solidify themselves in that tier after you see what they do against Pius? Because you just saw Pius. Yeah. You saw Pius against Scuts. You think you'll have a pretty good barometer there? Yeah, I think that that's one where Waverly needs to win pretty handily. Um, uh, Pius has some pieces, and they're a good team overall. But, um, again, it was a 23-8 win for Scott, um there on, on Thursday night. And w Waverly was in that game, Scott's bluff. It was a tie game. Um, and they managed to 
um, win that thing in overtime. Uh, Waverly got a touchdown there at the end to, to send it to overtime, and um, Scott's Buff won it there. But um, they did a good job containing Stoll for the most part. Yeah. Um, Boyle had a good day, but not like 126 yards for him. Like that's that's pretty average. Expect, it was not yeah, a 200 yard game. Yeah. Um, Stoll only completed three passes, had an interception. Uh, under 100 yards rushing and basically their offense is stole and, and boil it's those two basically doing all their uh, all their uh racking up all their yardage so um trey jackson solid uh 142 yards passing evan Caston's 16 carries 75 yards and two scores so scott and waverly is tough um they've got a couple different they can run the ball a little bit but they can beat you through the pass as well they're kind of one of the more balanced i don't know that's there. it's amazing what yeah. an injury at the quarterback spot last year did for a little foreshadowing of how they can play off. Yeah. Gave Jackson an opportunity to kind of get that experience now. And so he had some good reps under his belt going the off season to continue training, but that I don't know that they're great at either one, but they can beat you both ways. And I don't know how many teams uh, there are like that, especially in that middle of tier. Um, so that, that, that is what I like about Waverly and kind of why I have them there. Uh, again, I, I need to see a little bit more from Scott. Um, the, the good thing they, um, Pius, they, they did show up better against the run than they had previously because they had gotten gashed by some teams on, on the ground. Um, just defensively, they hadn't shown as much. I thought McCoy Holtham had a huge game on that end. Um, he, I mean, it seems like they've, they're shifting more focus on defense. He, he had six touchdowns in four, in four games last year as a running back, and you thought, all right, he, he's going to be pretty good here. Um, seems like they've wanted to save him. They're not playing him full-time both ways or mixing him here and there because they got a few different backs that they rotate. Um, but Holtem five carries for 105 yards, um, had a couple, had a 20 yard score had a 64, I think it was something like that, uh, yard touchdown where he broke it off. Um, he had, uh, a, had a sack. He had the game winning or the game ceiling interception. He had a fourth down pass breakup or rushing the quarterback, got the hand up before he could get the ball out. Like he just made so many big plays in, in that game for them. And that's what they're going to need. Um, but yeah, I think Scott's. That was a good win for them, 23-8 against Pius, but I still need to see a little bit more before I put them back up into that that uh, same group with the top five. Much to learn. You know, Blair has not passed either test. Um, uh, I think it was 42-7 and, and 34-7 when they saw Gross and Bennington. Yeah, 45-7 uh, this week against Bennington, 137 total yards. Yeah, so can we learn anything against Elkhorn, who's kind of in that, in that same vein, sitting at four and two, not don't have bad losses though. Uh, yeah. Losing the quality opponents, you, you feel like there's something to learn there. Yeah, that's that's players' chance to kind of get back on track to put themselves back into that 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 third tier. Um, I think right now they're they're seventh uh, in Sauter's coaches' rankings, and that's probably fair um, behind Scut and those top five that we just talked about. Elkhorn coming off of a good win against Elkhorn North, forty nine thirty five, which. Seeing them put up 49 points uh, with kind of their old school offense, that, uh, that was certainly interesting. I haven't seen their side of the box score to see kind of how exactly they did it. But, um, yeah, it was 21-7 second quarter. That was the difference. Otherwise, it was kind of even in the first uh, – in the other three quarters. They just kind of pulled away and held on. But uh, credit to Elkhorn North's Josh Basilovic for kind of keeping his team in it, 287 yards passing, um, scored three total touchdowns, um, give them a shot. It's, again – Elkhorn North to, to have them kind of in the top 10 and just um, year three, um, I, I think is pretty impressive. There is in there four, uh, four and two at number nine. Um, so credit to credit to uh, the Wolves, but yeah, Elkhorn, um, 
four and two, and now they've got that the big game against uh, Blair coming up uh, on their home or at Blair. Anything else? Anything else you're uh, you're looking forward to? Uh, no, I think we hit most of the, there's some big ones in class. A. Yeah. Um, I, I think fortunately I'm not going to be able to go to any games this week because of you got volleyball, football, um, on Thursday and Friday this week. So I won't be able to see any in person. (laughs) There's some big ones. I, before we get out here though, I do want to, um, give a shout out to Chris Colazzo again, uh, from Aurora who a gaudy six and all record <laughs> and has not been tested uh 24 carries for a school record 289 yards and five touchdowns also caught uh in racked up 80 receiving yards and another touchdown so six touchdown day you know is 50 career rushing touchdowns so that's the school record for career rushing touchdowns and that was a single game rushing record uh for them and he had gotten close to a couple or tied it i think in the previous one a couple I, times i'm glad you brought them up because they got a monster matchup with Adam Central, who's also undefeated. So two 6-0 teams. Not sure if Adam Central can hold up up front, but they're going to get a steady diet of, of, of C-squared. And it's good for Aurora to, again, face another good team there. Obviously, the last couple of weeks, they've been rolling. So um, face another test. be good for them as they prepare for that postseason run because um, that's really where it's going to matter most. A couple of who's going to get right, who's dialed in coming off of losses, and uh, some prove-its. A lot of that and more to cover next week with Nebraska Preps postgame. That's my man, Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. Don't you dare miss it. He'll be back on Monday. A Huda Media Production.